Welcome back to the Journey Podcast. I am your host Imran Arshad and in this episode I will talk to drifter, TV presenter and YouTuber Becky Evans about learning to drift, being a woman in a very male-dominated industry and where her love of cars came from. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Today I have a very special guest who is Becky, also known as Queen Bee or Queen Bee, also known as Becky Evans. I don't know which way, which way around do you see it now? Well, do you know what? It's when you're younger and you make, uh, you know, your handle on Instagram or YouTube or whatever. And you're like, oh, yeah, Queen Bee, that's cool. When I was maybe 16, 17, but I'm now, unfortunately, 28. And it's not quite as funny. So I tend to go by Becky Evans, but you'll never get away from it. So, yeah, Queen Bee, that's me. Okay, cool. And for people who may not know who you are, because there may be some people out there listening or watching that don't, do you want to explain who you are and what it is that you do because obviously people seen you on YouTube but I know you're much more I don't even Imran. class you as a YouTuber you're just someone who does something else but you are on YouTube as well I was like Imran no one knows who I am let's not pick me up too much <laughs> they know, they know. The um so yeah I guess I'm a content creator presenter and um, what other stuff do I do do drifting as well you yeah no, drifting just... in a car yeah, no, that, I do a bit of motorbike content as well. So yeah, I mean, basically, I started off as a content creator, and then it's kind of led me into other paths. So I do live broadcast presenting for Red Bull, and also a bit for ITV, do the Speed Weeks and things like that, and some fun stuff. And then yeah, I make my videos on YouTube. And yeah, do some drifting, do some bike riding, do some car stuff. Love it. Awesome. So you are living your dreams. I mean, they say that, don't they? They're like, oh, do something you love. You'll never you'll never work a day in your life, except it's like I get heart palpitations at the amount of work that I have to do. But then you do more work because you love it so much, right? That's the trap. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Like, it is fun. I I can't, I cannot complain whatsoever. Like, I'm blessed to be able to do this day in, day out of my life. And it's always evolving. It's always changing. Like, I'm learning. And, yeah, it's just, it's, it's a good way to live my life. I mean, I get to play with cars and talk about cars and just yeah mess around with cars all the okay time. so the podcast is going to be a bit more than just about cars but that's where I want to start because that is the common denominator between most yeah. of the guests that I'll have on initially so where does the love of cars come from that comes directly from my dad from as long as I can remember I was always at Santa Pada was always at a drag race track with dad you know I grew up with my mum having kind of a cool car, like she had a 73 Mac one Mustang. And then my dad had cool cars through the years. Like he always had import things. So he brought in like a 1959 Chevy Bel Air. Um, he had the big, big Ford F-150 truck. He also had his Singer Vogue, which he used for drag racing. And then my brother followed suit. He was into his Japanese cars. He had the Evo six. And then, you know, it was just written in the stars. You know, yeah. I, I didn't know any better. I just grew up around cars um yeah and then got into drag racing and go-karting and just very much a motorsport automotive family to be honest and yeah just carried on and that's okay cool so that's a really eclectic mix of cars mm-hmm. so you've got like u.s domestic market going you got jdm cars and so you mentioned drag racing so was that like proper drag racing at santa Bot? yeah so yeah. my dad's my dad's still very much involved in it he writes the rules for british drag racing he's like the uk oh wow cool. rep, yeah uk representative to the fia for drag racing like so he does this thing he loves it uh, you know he'll talk to you all day long about quarter miles and cubic inches and nine inch rear ends and this that and the other like, my dad, like the oracle the fountain of knowledge like if i, I can ring my dad up and be like dad like what are you is it like a 351 cleveland with a nine inch rear and he's like yep yep and that's that and he'll just tell me and he'll go off on one about it he's super knowledgeable and you know a brilliant yeah brilliant role model because he just he just loves it you know like my dad was always like you need to get up and go out and do something and if it's drag racing if it's cars and whatever it is enjoy it just no drugs i was like brilliant (laughs) but let's be honest if you're into cars and modifying cars i always say this to my friends if your friend if your kids are into modifying cars they're not going to have money to do drugs they're not going to have money to do anything else that is true and you know what like i live with my dad on my own from the age of 14 onwards and he always said to me he was like forget hair forget nails forget handbags forget clothes he's like but if you need coilovers fine so you. like that was the way it worked <laughs> in our family so that's why when I was 17 I had a sick 1.4 mark 4 golf those two words have never been used in the same sentence before okay um, yeah, yeah that's just, where I want to go to next actually so it's a good way to go into next section is that's your yeah, car oh, history oh we have take us through we have puppy. 
Yeah, he's fine. I'm just I'm just waiting for this whole thing come crashing down on me. And I think he's he's gone. Fine, he's fine. Um, yes, yeah, so carry on. Sorry. Yeah, so that's what I want to go into now is your car history. So you talked about the sick golf you had, but like start from the beginning. What was your first car, and take us through what you've had since then. Hey, so I mean, first, I mean, I had a little junior dragster when I was fourteen. I had a really cool imported junior dragster. I raced that on the track, so I always class that as my first car, if you will, yeah. and I loved it. It was purple with an orange metal flake roll cage and it had flames up the side. I know it sounds awful, but it had flames up the side of it, just like my dad hand painted the flames on his race car. It was just like his, loved it. Then I got 17, had a 1.4 three-door white, before they were called, with aircon (laughs) and and loved that. That just loved it and modified it, put wheels on it that were too heavy for it. It actually slowed it down. There were 19 by nines, 19 by tens, quad plated chrome, three piece. And Mm. I swear to God, like it wouldn't pull the skin off a custard anyway, (laughs) but you'd be lucky if it did 60 down a hill. It was so heavy and it wrecked CV joints, wrecked drive shafts. Oh my God. You're going for the scene look at that time. Oh yeah. I was like a big, I was like, if you ain't, what was it? It was like how, how the lower you are, the bigger your balls are. I think. Okay. Was, um, <laughs> so you know, cue my car just being disgustingly a disgustingly hard ride. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It was, and I had a little two eighty Momo steering wheel in it, so I looked like bloody Mario Kart when I was driving. Oh, <laughs> no, just at that time, modifying was such a big thing. Like we would do all sorts, like you know the front rub strip you'd you'd like put filler and uh you know fill it up and paint it so you got rid of the plate recess and we would swap parts with people in the US because everybody all the US guys wanted Europe spec stuff so I swapped my bumpers with a guy in the US so I had US spec uh rear bumper US spec front oh no I couldn't afford the US spec that was it yeah like it was just a whole different scene and there was just so much more to it. it was much you know do you know? Do you remember the days of getting your headlights and putting them in the oven to melt the glue, and then to pull them apart, so then you could tint them inside? Like, yeah, like and then effort. put yellow tint on them to make them look like Euro lights. Yeah, yeah, like severe effort went into modifying back then. Severe. I like I had my coilovers and put polo top mounts in, cut the coil like cut everything, cut the bump stops off, wound them all the way down. It was disgusting drive, but it looks sick. <laughs> you know, we just do all these things and just it blows my mind now when I think I'm like, oh, Christ, I have to put coilovers on my car. Whereas then I was mad for it. Yeah. And it, so that was that was that car. Got to 21, realized I'd sank a small ship, of you know, with the amount of money <laughs> that I put into the Mark IV, as we all realized. And I was like, yeah. I want a classic. So then that's when I went on the hunt for the E21 uh, because my mom actually had an E21 when she was about 22, a Polaris silver one, saw a picture of it. Your mom had good taste. Yeah, she did actually. Really good tasting she, she did good. She yeah. had a, oh, I think she had a Mark III Cortina before that, and I was like, meh. Yeah. Um, yeah, the E21 that she had, I saw a picture of it, because I was on the hunt. My boyfriend at the time had a Mark I Golf, and I was like, no, nah, I've been kind of done to death. Like, there's low, Mark I's, Mark II's are really big in the scene. Mm-hmm. Um and then, yeah, the E21 uh, came about that idea. And I was like, wow, yeah, no, I really need one of these. So, yeah, I bought that for two and a half thousand pounds uh, when I was 21. And you still have that car? Still have it. That will never yeah. leave my car. I'll be buried in that thing. Keep Imran. It's like my <laughs> well, calling a, card. There's a mem- meme going around at the moment, isn't there? The one that says, um, uh, people ask me why have I spent so much money on the car. You can't take it with you. And they're basically showing themselves getting buried in in the car so that's going to be my dad says the same thing he's just like this car will go with me to the grave always like all it will be parked in your garage so you have to look after it but no the 21 the e21 was the car that really sort of i'd say put me on the map but i don't want to use that phrase it was just i just loved it i put the air ride on it while we're talking about the e21 i think that's the first time i uh kind of found you if that makes sense because I think it was a show I think it was ultimate dubs or one of those shows and I think we had a stand there and Mm. I remember seeing the e21 I thought oh that's a really nice car and then you see a girl driving it and obviously that's not what you expect right you expect the way the car's been just normal you expect the guy to be driving there's a girl driving oh that's even that's even cooler yeah. That was back in 2014 ultimate dubs was the first show I took it to so I bought it in the October and I bought the RS 
BBSRS for it in the December and I was like right ultimate dubs remember everybody would be like ultimate dubs prep UD prep UD prep yeah and I was like right I'm going to debut this car at UD and you know whacked the Nardi steering wheel on it put the air ride on it I went to couldn't I can't even remember the company now um put the air ride on it put the BBS had them all polished and oh my god yeah that's it just went mental and is this still in that same state at the moment I can't remember yeah no she's sweet she's actually she's on the cusp of having an engine refresh um so I mean more about that probably later but it's the it's the four cylinder M10 it was the one I could own I could only afford to insure the 1.8 the 316 Mm -hmm. so I got the baby engine one but she's a bit tired she's starting to smoke a little bit so I'm gonna refresh that put they maybe put some um twin twin 45s I think twin 45s put some carbs on it and yeah just make that really nice because the engine bay was the only bit that I couldn't get I couldn't afford at the time to get painted so mm-hmm. I had the rest of the car I had a bare like a bare metal respray but I couldn't afford to get the engine what color is that? that it's henna red henna, henna rot henna rot. Yeah. yeah henna red okay. um original color but yeah no sweet um seats are all in love that air ride bbs rs i changed the offsets and i changed the dish size on the rs recently because i got kind of i was running nines and eights i think I, yeah or was it nines and yeah nine and a half something like that and i changed it so it's uniform all around it had a much more pronounced staggered uh dish on the on the rear before and i've just made them uniform because it had mental camber and everyone was like yeah cool so what i'll do is- out of it I was yeah. growing out of the whole mental camber thing. So, yeah. Yeah, so what yeah. we'll do is while um, Matt's going to edit this video, I'll get him to find pictures of the car so we can put it up so you oh. can actually have a look at it because it is really nice. I like it. Now oh, I love it. It's And it was just, I really it really cut my teeth in this world of modifying cars. It's a whole new experience when you buy into a classic. You know, I, I was like, what is throttle cable what because yeah. I, I used to get peer pressured into doing one wheel peels because i was like as soon as i knew how to do a burnout i was like sit everywhere <laughs> on open diff in it so it's like i was just abusing the poor thing and i remember i was in a car show at car show in belgium they were like go on do it do it do it back do it do it do it and i was like all right all right all right so i did it and then i just felt the accelerator pedal just straight down to the floor and i was like oh my god what have i done what have i done what have i done Snapped and then i looked in and i just thought <laughs> Just saw the throttle cable had snapped and I was like, wow. So I had to do like a a rudimentary fix where I got my tweezers, wrecked my tweezers, had to pull the thread back through. And I had half throttle all the way back. (laughs) All the way back. Which, you know, 1.8 is about 40. Anyway, you live and you learn. You know, things like that, when they happen on a road trip or something, those are the ones you really remember. It's when stuff goes slightly wrong that it sticks in your head forever and it's the adventure around the whole thing yeah for sure I remember it so clearly because I was in my head my dad always my the the resounding words in my head his dad's always like if you think you're about to do something cool in front of your mates don't do it because (laughs) he's like that's when it's going to go wrong Becky and he's so true and as an older as an older person I'm like yeah he was so right but no peer pressured yeah whatever yeah Yeah. well you never let's be honest when you're younger your parents always give you the best advice but you don't actually know it's the best advice until you're older yourself and you think you know what they were actually giving us the right advice we just thought we were too clever to to listen to yeah. what they had to say drink always eat before you go out for a drink that was always the big one for me, <laughs> it took me, it took me at least into my 20s to yeah. figure that one out <laughs> yeah wise man wise man so what happened what was after the e21 then Oh, E21, I sold the Mark IV Golf, Golf to go traveling. Then I had the E21. And then randomly I had um, an A4S, A3S line for a bit, but that didn't really see the yeah, light of day. Yeah, that one. Yeah, whoops. I <laughs> <laughs> um, had that. And then what have I got now? Then I hey, bought the Abarth. Okay, uh, cool. Oh, yeah, at the minute I've got five. Yeah, five at the minute. Um, the Abarth, bought that. Absolutely yeah. loved it. To this day, great cars. Mm-hmm. Great cars and that had all the intake system um intercooler i'm um, all of this stuff on it um from forge that was 210 brake had that remapped had some really cool tarox brakes on it loved it little track weapon really good fun and then i sold that and i bought the fatm3 yeah i bought the fatm3 the yellow one which has been down to us and it's got some of our bits yeah i just got your wonderful intake system on it which is well brilliant. that's how we got introduced through that Car. yes because yes of, it is it because is, of mr yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. No, the intake system's sick on that. Just really cool. Brings the whole of the engine bay together. Really nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, I got the F80 M3. And then what turned up after that? I got the S15 after I got the drift car. After you I drift did, car, yeah. Which will come to you after this. After I did Drift Queen, I recently acquired my brother's Evo 6 because he thought about selling it. So I was like, having that. You've got an Evo uh, 6? Yep. Yeah, how did I miss that? Yeah, I know. It's Honestly. Yeah, it just happened. My brother was thinking about selling it, and I was like, mm, "Nah." So I, I I bought that off him and GSR, then, huh? GSR, GSR, yeah, GSR, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Wicked cool. thing, wicked. So much fun. Really, really talky. Short gear ratios. Great to have fun. And oh, I just I drove it down to drove took it out for a drive through the day, and I was like, forgotten how much I love this thing. They it's are awesome cars. I spent a lot of time in one, uh, probably around two thousand and eight, because my uncle had an Evo six Tommy Mac. Oh, and nice. yeah. yeah, I used to drive it like all the time. Had Olin's coilovers, R triple eight R's, had a roll cage in it. The car was just like to this day driving that on a B road. I don't think anything could touch it. Do you know what it is? It ignites the child in you because you're just like wow, wow, like pulling through gears. I and you just know because it's four wheel drive. You're like, nah, probably get myself out of this one, no problem. Like gives you quite a lot of confidence on the road because I'm yeah. so used to rear wheel drive cars where I'm like, oh my god, it's going to step out, it's going to step out. You know, like you just, it's just a different ex- driving experience. But yeah, definitely great. So have you had a go great. in the Yaris GI yet? No, really want to have a go in those. But I just felt I was like, I'm going to wait till like the hype kind of dies a little bit because there is so much GR content out there yeah. at the minute um i think we're probably going to get one in ireland though so me and james are going to get a oh, gr awesome. garrett in ireland and be able to take it on some rally roads yeah because he knows his family background's rallying mm. so he just knows all the best places to go and do that i think it makes for some fun content especially if that lunatic's behind the wheel anyway yeah so at this point i don't want to go too much into james because this podcast is about you but yes. for people who don't know we're talking about james dean who is one of the best drifters in the world d1 and d2 champion no he is three-time fd yeah six time europe six or seven time europe yeah and then i think like five or six time irish uh three-time middle eastern yeah it's so, a lot i think yeah, it's about, he's, 16, he's, about 16 or 17 titles i think yeah he's just a very 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 good he's at the top of his game and the funny thing is when you came to our place and i was talking to james all day do you yeah. know i did not know who he was yeah, he's very he's very humble. He's yeah, just like, I didn't know who he was. And then I went back into the office and one of the guys goes, is that James Dean? I'm like, yeah, I'm, I think that's his name. And they're like, Imran, do you not know who he is? I'm like, not really. And he's yeah. like, yeah, he's like the best drifter in the world. I'm like, oh, wow. And then I think I told you this, but I went home and told my son and my son's a massive James Dean fan. And like oh. he, he, James sent some stuff over for him recently and he was like really emotional about receiving it it's so cool. yeah, yeah. But maybe i'll get james on the podcast later you on. should you we'll, should we'll Honestly, he's, he's hilarious because for someone who's so prolific in his field he's just so laid back and he's just like you know he's like take every take every day as it comes yeah. you know one what his his phrase is one step at a time and i'm like yeah well your steps are slightly bigger than mine <laughs> and trying to give me life advice yeah yeah he's, he's wonderful but you know what happens? The further I've noticed is the further I've advanced in my career, the steps actually get easier, easier and they do get bigger. And I'm sure that you've yeah. noticed that as you've progressed in your career. At the beginning, everything seems like a struggle. You have to yeah. fight for every one of those little ones. But the, the longer you're around and the longer you're doing things the right way, those opportunities do come to you and you can take the bigger steps. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's still, it's still a struggle. Like the, Every day it's something new, isn't it? And especially when you're looking to differentiate yourself. I mean, I'm talking from my own experience here. It's like content moves so fast. The internet moves so fast. There's another, there's a new new platform. There's a new this, there's a new that. You know, there are um, so many ways that you can change and people are just jumping, jumping shit all the time. Hmm. And so you have to be able to adapt. And, you know, my thing I always wanted to do was to be a presenter, you know, like I wanted to be on a show that was like, wow, that's what I'd love to do when I'm older. But then it was when my actual break into presenting, it was just being dropped in the deep end. Red mm-hmm. Bull, Red Bull basically looked at me and said, "Sorry about that." Um, Red Bull kind of looked at me and said, "Well, do you reckon you can handle uh, live broadcasts?" And I was, I just said to him, "I was like, oh, I mean, maybe, yeah. maybe." And they were like, "Well, go on then. Here's your shot." 
and that was I it. I can't even imagine doing that podcast. It's hard enough rec- pre-recording things like YouTube, where you have like you can do as many takes as you want, but to do yeah. live broadcasting, honestly, that takes a lot of guts. Yeah, and I just had to throw myself in there, and it was a it was a sink or swim situation. It was like either you carry this show. Yeah. You catch, <laughs> or, or you don't you know yeah. and thankfully my fight or flight kicked in I mean yeah. after after the first sort of bit that we did in the show I was shaking so much I thought I was gonna be sick because it's mm-hmm. so much adrenaline like live live broadcast is pure adrenaline like yeah. when I did the <laughs> but you know and you have to be okay with your mistakes mm-hmm. I did good good speed week and the and I was grand all day, absolutely fine. You're walking around, chatting yeah. to people, loving it. So then I've got to interview my boyfriend. I've got to interview <laughs> James because he's won the two. He's won the two wheel yeah. drive, um, you know, drift drift Karna that they did. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, and coming over here to our two wheel drive winner. Congratulations, James Dinner. Dinner. <laughs> James, James Dean is the winner. And he was like, well, I I was quite hungry actually. I was like, oh my oh, god. god. I'm live. I'm live. Yeah. This is someone who you speak to like all the time. It's just like it's your partner. And I'm calling yeah. my own boyfriend James Dinner. Like what? And <laughs> you know, like you you just have to you have to roll with the punches. Yeah. You have to laugh it off. And it makes you really it makes you tough. You know, yeah. like it makes you because you're just like, right, you just gotta crack on with it. Game face. You can't just like fall apart. But you know, like as you say, broadcast is, is another step, is another step again, but you just keep stretching yourself and the shows get bigger and the opportunities get bigger. And, you know, if you just said to Becky three years ago, you're going to carry a live show or be live on ITV, I'd have probably thrown up. Do you know, it was just, yeah. it wasn't something that I thought I was capable of. But as you say, when business moves along, you just go, yeah, go on then. I'll you try have to it. Go with it. Yeah. So yeah, just before we move on to Red Bull and drifting and everything, which I was, mm-hmm. one come to, uh, you missed out one of your cars, which is probably my favorite oh yeah I didn't forget I just I got distracted and started talking <laughs> about right. something else. yes so I'm guessing you're talking about the 930 yeah 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 my baby my new baby oh, Christ. yeah yeah unreal really like that was again that was a bit of a heart in my mouth situation mm. I saw it and I was like whoa look at that and I've been, you know, it's, it's the poster car. It's the car yeah. that I, well, personally, I looked at all the time when I was a kid. I'd post photos constantly of turbos mm-hmm. all the time. It was like the, I used to post a lot of 964s thinking I wanted one of them. But then I was like, hold on a minute, that 930 turbo, 911, 930 turbo is the original Widowmaker. It's the cool car. It's the one that everyone's like, oh, careful, yours crashed it. You know, it's just, it was the one that we all sort of looked at as a kid and was like, yeah, that's cool. That's really yeah. cool. Um, yeah, saw it come up, panicked ran around the yard in Ireland. I was like, I'm about to spend this money and I've never seen this car. And <laughs> thankfully, Adrian, Adrian at Williams Crawford was really good with me. He was like, he, he's he's quite eccentric and, you know, quite genteel. And then you've got like me, a cov bird on the phone. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm sorting it out. I'm sorting it out. I'm just, just let me move some stuff around. Let, I, just, I need it. Oh, I need it, Adrian. I need it. And he was like, all right, calm down, calm down. We'll, we'll save it for you. Relax. Because I was in Ireland and not mm. coming back for a couple of weeks. And he was like, He's a car dealer at the end of the day, isn't he? So he's like, well, I've got yeah. a couple of people looking at it this afternoon. So like, cue my blood pressure going through the roof. <laughs> I was like, I'll sell the dog. I'll do anything. Like, what, what are we doing? How are we doing this? Like, yeah. And yeah, managed to managed to bring it home. And it's it's beautiful. I, yeah, keep I, mean, looking, I, I just look at it. I look at it and I'm like, wow, look at that. When you bought that and you put it up, I was so happy for you because it's like I, I knew that was one of your dream cars. And mm. as soon as you bought it, I had messages from people that know that I talk to you saying does she mm. want to sell it remember yeah. i messaged you i said i've got a friend who yeah, wants you to did, buy it yeah. you're like well when, when the time comes i'll let you know again it's one of those things that i um i was like hold on a minute so it's paint to sample it's uh you know no sunroof no rear wiper blade like serious it's a serious car like for mm-hmm. you know it's 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 a rare car and the color as well and like green is very much a thing right now yeah um moss green metallic it is and it just ticked all the boxes ticked all the boxes and he said you know there are a couple of things that need doing on it he was really honest with me he was like third gear synchro sounds a bit Ugh. and I was like doesn't matter don't care mm. I was like as long as it's not going you know as long as it's not smoking as long as it's not leaking oil as long as it's not you know any of these like real red flags I'll have it and yeah I um I took it on and phew, couldn't believe it Still can't believe it, to be honest. It's still one of the... Still pinch yourself. 
yeah when I, get it, yeah. when I get it back which is in about two weeks so I left it down that was before Christmas I went to Ireland for Christmas came back I said look do everything on it take the engine out I want to you know check all the seals check the valve clearances check where that what that oil you know all of these things I said take the whole lot out I put the money aside because I knew if I was going to buy it I'd want to invest the money in it so when I get to it it's mint mm-hmm completely mint and also i said you know what put a diff in it as well i was like because it's an open diff and i was like i've learned my lesson i know you can't have open diff so i was like right i think i think i'm either putting in a zf or a quaif i can't remember exactly but yeah putting the lsd in it and yeah a few little cosmetic changes i.e steering wheel and the wheels which i haven't really decided on yet but awesome. yeah when i get it back it should be a weapon and you'll hear this here first Everybody that, mo- you know, because I got a load of blokes constantly being like, oh, careful, careful, you're going to crash it. And it's like, all right, fine. <laughs> like, I you don't know who you are. Oh, I know. They don't care. <laughs> it's the fact that, you know, it's, it's, it's the fact that I happen to be female. I therefore quite obviously can't drive anything. Um, yeah. The first video I'm going to do when I get it back is I'm taking it straight to a track. Yeah. Show them how yeah. it's done. Well, sure. I'll, I'll do a few <laughs> practice laps first. <laughs> So that kind of leads me into uh, neatly into uh, something I wanted to ask you, and that was mm-hmm. being a female in a very male-oriented industry because there is not many females making automotive content. Mm-hmm. Um, how have you found that? Because some of the comments I see on your social media is just honestly horrendous. I'm not sure how you deal with that, but we'll come to that. But let's talk about how you fit in as a female into a male dominant industry, how you found that and how you've had to adapt or change if you've had to do that. I get asked this question a lot. And do you know what? You've, I guess from my point of view, I'm quite bloody minded. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? I'm quite like, if I want to do it, I'm going to do it anyway. My dad always, my dad, obviously racing with boys when I was younger, you kind yeah. of just had to get on with it. You had to crack on with it. personally if you see yourself as anything different that's where the inequality lies I don't see myself any different to you Mm -hmm. anybody yeah a a boy whatever so it was just I just cracked on and I always was like you know what my cars have got to be double sick which is why I was always like you know the e21 had to look class the 930 has to look class like it just pushed me to be better Mm-hmm. more than anything and the same thing when I started my videos and stuff I wanted to create my own niche I wasn't ever I didn't want to ever do the same formula as everybody else I knew I had my own interests like I loved the classic car thing I kind of loved the stancy thing you know it was just I had my own flavor that I wanted to bring to the table mm-hmm. and I just had to be quite headstrong I'm not going to sit there and tell you it was easy all the time yeah it sucks when all the boys are collaborating together and they don't want to collaborate with you because you're the girl you know like they've I've been literally cut off jobs because your man's missus doesn't like me you know stuff like that it just it happens you know like if there's four blokes going out for a pint they're not they don't always invite the verb because it just causes aggro I'm being serious you know what it's like yeah loads of people other people do so you had to be I had to become quite resilient in that sort of sense, because as you, there's not many girls, so you sort of you create your own tribe. Really, you yeah. you have like a few select mates, and you just get on, get on. And in some ways, it's worked to my advantage. Yes, when I started my YouTube channel, I had a look around in the UK space, and I was like, "Well, hello, <laughs> who is there's there? No there? There's no one. There's no there. one there." Yeah. So it was it was um, a chance for me to jump, and also my background's in PR and marketing, so I was working at the cusp of when print media was starting to decline. I was I was the one who was in charge of sourcing the bloggers for the fashion brands to start paying. And I was like, whoa, 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 we are paying this woman a lot of money, money. for a video. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I was like, okay, there's definitely there's something in this. Yeah. Um, yeah. and actually it was Lenny, Lenny the geezer. I, you have to thank Lenny the geezer for all of this because oh, Lenny okay. was the one who connected my current management with me. He was like, okay. Yo, these boys are, these boys are interested in you. Yeah. Like that. these boys are interested in you they really want to have a girl on their books and I was like all right yeah go on then I'll have a meeting with them and he was like yeah sound and passed me the details and yeah Lenny de Guise is the reason I am where I am today oh awesome I wouldn't quite say that but you know what I mean he was the he was the person who started he was a catalyst he was a catalyst definitely definitely I'm forever and eternally grateful to him yeah okay Mm -hmm. cool so like I mentioned it a little bit earlier but 
how do you deal because it might be useful for other people to know you mm. it, it seems like you're quite headstrong and you've always been around guys but how do you deal with negative youtube comments because that's not just because you're a girl other people get it as well but i find that you get it unfairly worse yeah. if that makes sense it's, yeah it's, some of it's yeah. actually horrendous yeah it is it's not, it's not nice it's not nice some of it but at the end of the day unfortunately we all know what the internet's like there are a lot of people out there that are upset angry depressed not very happy with their lives and it's actually considered a form of psychopathy because that person is just like yeah do you know what I'm gonna do I'm gonna ruin her day mm. and that's and that's what they're trying to do they're making you they're trying to make you look at yourself differently in the mirror they yeah. will pick anything about me they will pick my hair my makeup my lips my teeth the way I talk the way I don't talk the way I drive the way I can't drive the way I do this the way I do that the way I shoot it the way I <laughs> do you know what anything that they can pick at so at the end of the day I just got to the point where I'm like oh fucking hell or right, fine fine like I'm fat shit can't drive let's get on with the video now shall we you know, like, yeah you like, basically whatever. say 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 that back to them where it doesn't really bother you you can say what you want I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do anyway exactly and that's what they want you to do they want you I, again I've said this before on podcasts and I'm sorry if you don't have swear you can beat this bit out I'm yeah. driven very much by a huge fuck you do you know what I mean yeah. like if you don't think I can do it watch me yeah. so if, you, if I have a load of people it's fuel more than anything it should be your fuel if people think that they can try and stop you and bring your jet bring you down and say all these bad things fine go on then I'll show you do you know yeah. and that's always been a huge like push for me because the more the more people see you the uh, as I've grown it's got exponentially worse mm. because there's more eyes on you yeah I am and a girl yeah I you know you are in a very male dominated world so it's very easy but then what what the, there's only so many times you can tell me I'm fat there's only <laughs> so many times you can tell me I'm ugly and you know it's just like fine if you think yeah. that cool like so you just you just have to crack on with it that the lips thing really winds me up because you know what, mate? If I had had my lips done, I'd be fully there. Like, yeah, had them done. Yeah, had them done. Eat it up, but you haven't. Eat it up. And I haven't had them done. Yeah. And they're all just, and they just constantly talk about it. And I'm just like, oh my God. Like, what is the obsession? What is yeah. the obsession? But whatever, yeah. you know. Yeah. So yeah, so essentially you you deal with it like like we do. We get a lot of negative comments, not as bad as you, but it can be about anything. But the way I see it people are going to find something to bitch and moan about anyway you can't make mm. everyone happy so you just got to do you and that's yeah. what's got you to where you are anyway so i i'd say ignore the ignore the haters as it were but i think the bigger yeah. you because you're on a hundred thousand subs now on youtube yeah dude, yeah 100, and it's about 000. the same on instagram yeah 123 and, I think and the bigger you get and i think i think it's a sign of success on youtube when you start getting those comments because I said when you when you start early on it's all your own supporters and they really want you to do well but when you get bigger and it's just general people finding your content and they'd say who's this guy who's this guy what, yeah. what that like I got it when we first started they were like why is this guy making content about BMWs what does he know yeah. because they think before YouTube you weren't anybody like I've been dealing with them for ages you know I, I know a little bit about them but it, it's yeah. it's bizarre like that yeah because people just people People just love to pick. People just love to criticize. They just yeah. enjoy it because at the end of the day, you're doing something that they don't have the balls to do. And they're just like, yeah, well, makes me feel better inside if I think you're shit. Yeah. All right. Yeah, exactly. cool. yeah that's it. It's a reflection on them. So, in my, I, can I put my, I'm just going to grab my laptop charger. It's yeah, just sure, here. sure. You did. That that. Okay. Sorry. I just, I'm acutely aware. I was like, I forgot to put it's it in. Out. <laughs> Are we doing okay? Am I swearing too much? Sorry. If no, I, no, it's fine. I'm, I'm bad for that. I don't think we, when we put upload stuff onto YouTube, we don't have it as um, safe for children, if that makes okay, sense. Okay, yeah, no, good. No, none of my, it's fine. <laughs> my entire existence is not safe for children. So. We, we, we got an advert for Gymshark there while you were collecting your charger. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit, yeah, sorry. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I just pretty much sit down on the camera. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. There's an OnlyFans coming soon, yeah. yeah. OnlyFans. How many times do you actually get asked that? I bet you get asked. That. Are you doing OnlyFans? I get, I get asked. I get asked it a little bit, but because I'm not my social profile, I'm not really yeah, the sexy girl, am I? I'm like the girl that pokes fun at herself. Yeah. And 
has a laugh and I'm a bit I get I get more lesbians than I get people you know I get more yeah. girls asking me if I like girls than I get people asking me if okay. I'm getting an OnlyFans so <laughs> that's obviously the vibe that I give off I'm very yeah. much alpha, alpha female alpha female exactly more power to you <laughs> yeah I, I think people know of me enough to know that that is just not my vibe I wouldn't yeah. do it and nothing against them if they want to do it no, not, people want just, to make the money that way they're not harming anyone fair play to them exactly you're playing to your market at the end of the day if you know that there is a sea of customers there do your thing Correct. girl it's not for me yeah so let's go back to the drag racing now and yes. actual cars and drifting so you said you were drag racing from a young age how did you transition from drag racing in to drifting oh my god there's about 10 years in between that happening I was 20, yeah, last time I got into my junior drag, so I think I was 16, I was 26 when I started drifting. Well, at the end of the day, drag, uh, you know, motorsport's expensive. Yeah. It's really expensive. So I did junior motorsport. I did go-karting and then I went into junior dragsters. And then, you know, as the story goes, we didn't have any money. My mom and dad got my mom and dad got divorced. So it was like a big change in my life and all the fun stuff had to kind of stop because mm. that's just what happens, isn't it? Yeah. So it was always like a personal thing for me that I wanted to buy the, I always said to dad, I said, if, if I'm going to go back onto a track, I want it to be off my own back and I don't want it to ever cost you, cost you a penny. Like I want it to be off my, you know, of, oh, do I wanted to do it myself at the end of the day. I knew I wanted to get back on a track, but mm. I was like, I don't know how long this is going to take me or whatever. And then cue the drifting coming around. And I was, you know, the, the Red Bull series happened and I was like, I saw it's, it's, it's accessible in as much that going, roundy roundy racing as I like to call it grip racing yeah it's a super inaccessible sport it's really expensive unless you can do your track days and stuff in your smaller cups but I just like the way everybody loves skidding a car don't they yeah, I just love the feeling of going drifting it was really fun so that was really how it came about I wanted to get back into a motorsport but drag racing loved it I wanted to build a 66 Nova I wanted a big block 66 Nova all my life still do it might happen just yet but I, the drifting opportunity with Red Bull came around and I was like, yeah, bang, that's what I want to do. So you actually learned to drift properly on that show? Yeah. Oh, didn't wow. I didn't realize that. So just for people who don't know, Becky went on a show. What was it called? Called Drift Queen. Drift Queen. So yeah, Drift yeah. Queen. And that was, who taught you to drift in that show? Selection of people, really. Okay. I mean, that's where I met James. James. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's yeah. where I met James uh, whilst I did that show. Um, yeah, I had a couple of different teachers here and there, like one of our Driftmasters drivers, Matt. Can't remember his second name, but Matt. Mm -hmm. I had Matt. Um, he was Shout one of our. Uh, oh yeah, I know. It's God, my brain just gone blank. <laughs> so um, he's a he's a BDC. He was a BDC British Drift Cup, um, which is Drift Championship driver. Um, I, he taught me a little bit as well. And Julian Smith from Garage D, he taught me bits and bobs and yeah, it was just a bit of a journey really. And then I, yeah. obviously James, income James, and then he, uh, taught me more of the craft of it. So the first series I'd say was pretty much the theory mm -hmm. and just learning the very, very, very basics, um, and building the car. But when they say building a car is putting on some, some hubs and doing a diff and putting a handbrake in really, really simple mods, like the first mods that you would do. Um, if you were going to get a drift car yeah. um, and then yeah the second series it was like right bang you've got eight weeks to go to your first competition and qualify and I was like <laughs> <laughs> but that was all part of the fun because I thought if we're going to do a series I didn't want it to be the first series I'd never done something like that before so there was some parts of it that I felt weren't true to me because I was leaning the producers were steering it way more yeah. than I I would have been you know because I was green you know I hadn't done it before and I knew my mind a lot better the next year when I've, you know, you've done it once you're like, right, this is how I'd like it to go. And I wanted there to be a real challenge element in it. I didn't want people to be like, Oh, fucking hell, here she comes back again with a, you know, a drift show. And it's like, what are you going to do now? Fly around the world and, you know, kick tires. Yeah. I, I wanted it there to be a real competition element in it. So that's when we entered um, drift cup. And I, I knew as I had eight weeks, I, I said, look, just qualify. Just yeah. qualify to get into the field, you know, put your runs down and be able to qualify. And that's what I was training for. And then you watch the whole process of me, you know, crying, getting angry, yeah. hurting myself. <laughs> like it was, it was a real, it was really special to me because mm -hmm. it was like, wow, I actually, I did that. 
Awesome. And what are your plans for future then in drifting? You know, to try and enter some more competitions? You want to do that more competitively? Definitely. The car is the car is a work in progress. Mm-hmm. I'm still running the, the stock SR20 engine in there and I've got an S14, S14 five-speed box in there as well. I want to upgrade that. Eventually, I would like to go to something a bit more spicy, whether you do a stroker kit on the SR20 or you go to a 2J. James is obviously the master of the 2J. So he was like, yeah. I mean, I would technically go that way. Yeah. Um yeah, I just want to develop the car and have fun with it. The car will is in Ireland uh, because there's a lot more, I find there's a lot more friendlier people in the drift scene in Ireland, but, you know, that's a whole another conversation. Let's be honest, Irish people are more friendly. Yeah, they're killer. Love, them. Love it over there. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. where I'll end up, I'm telling you. I'll have, my, I'll have my dogs and, and I'll end cars. up in Ireland. Just love it. I do. I really do. And your do. cars. Yeah, defo. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Because well, with a classic car, they have something called, um, you have to clear the plates or something. Is it NTT? can't remember. Somebody will know. Um, and it's really expensive. But if you have a classic car, it's super cheap. So you can then have the 930, the E21, whatever. No bother. If it's over a certain age, you're grand. So so what are the local roads like in Ireland to drive? You know, like we've got some decent B roads. Are they, is it, What's the road surface quality like? Because I've heard mixed reviews. Mixed reviews. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> Mixed reviews. Probably, probably. I mean, exactly. they didn't have a motorway about, they didn't have a motorway up until about 10 years ago. I know Irish people that would much rather, they're like, I can't take, I can't, I can't take the motorway. It gives me vertigo. Do you know, yeah. like, because they're so used to driving country lanes. And it's, he's in rural North Cork. So he's just outside a place called Mallow, which is about 30, 35 minutes away from Cork. Mm-hmm. Mental roads around there. Amazing. You can drive up to the, up the mountain. It's wicked. Yeah. So you have really, really cool, good, fun roads, but some surfaces are better than others and they're pretty much like single carriageways all all the way. But yeah, some really, really cool roads around there. Okay, cool. So with the drifting as well, because a few, I would really love to learn drifting. I've never actually got around to doing it because I've been so busy with business. I go to Japan every year as well. Obviously it's very big over there. I drive the Toge roads. Have you found drifting actually makes you a better driver? Because a lot of people said to me, because they learn where the edge of the car is and kind of keep the car there, it just improves their driving skills no end. Yeah, definitely. Because at the end of the day, it's it's being able to... Drifting essentially is the art of controlling a car which is out of control. You right. know, so you are, you're learning all the concepts of throttle input, steering input, you know, even to a degree, like your brakes, your gears, everything, you're just controlling the car when it's out of control. So when you get yourself, I mean, <clears throat> you know what it's like, you'll, you'll go up the gears and say, if you pull the gear ag- aggressively, it's going to, it's going to twitch, isn't it? People, people sometimes don't know what to do in that situation or the car starts to come into a, a bit, a bit of a spit. Yeah. You know, I say a bit of a spin on the road. It's like, it's a small thing, but when your car breaks traction, knowing what to do, Inherent inherently is is just it's such a lifesaver, I think, yeah. to be honest. If you hit a patch of ice, patch of yeah. oil, what to do? The car just twists. If you know what to do in a sense of to counter steer, to give it a little more, or to just sort of hold it, like you 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 have an innate sense of that you're mm. right, oh, okay, this is fine. Whereas like some people just are like, ah, you know, yeah, just drop panic. the steering wheel, yeah. get on the brakes mm. and it sometimes it can end up in an accident. Whereas like smaller things can be avoided. So yeah. personally, I would say, I feel like I'm. Everyone, go out and do some skids. You'll be. You'll be <laughs> um, personally, in a safe I, environment. Yeah, there you go. Uh, on a track, on a track, uh, with a seasoned professional and all safety equipment. There we go. Um, yeah, I do. Genuinely, it's made, definitely made me a, a better driver. Like I can enjoy my F80 M3 because when it does twitch, I'm not worried. Yeah. I'm not I'm not bothered. It's almost fun, isn't it? Do you know what yeah. I mean? First, second, bang, like little sideways. Yeah. I like, love it. It's just loads of fun. And they love getting sideways. So sim yeah. so uh, obviously we just bought a hurricane. I don't know if you saw the green one we got. I did, congrats. Love Thank it. Love the much. colour. Yeah, same colour as the M3. And it's got Pirelli's on it. And Ooh, yeah. it was wet and I was coming off a roundabout and it's, I basically had two moments in it already. And this was a tank yeah. slapper. Literally just snapped sideways on me. Truck was next to me. Opposite lock one way, opposite lock the other way, and then it just straightened out. And I just ordered Michelin PS4 straight away, yeah. and the car is completely different. It's yeah, like I was I, hating the car at that stage. I was like, yeah. shit, I can't believe this is a Lamborghini. But now those tyres are on there, had the alignment sorted out, it actually feels enjoyable to drive now. Makes such a difference, man. 
I've I've heard a few times. I had a I I'm being honest with you. I had an ex boyfriend who had a Ferrari FF, and he had Pirellis on it. And I remember driving it, and I was like, "Holy shit! Like this is this this is sketching me out." Like <laughs> sketchy. This is exactly the word I use. It's sketching me out because it's like if like if you hit a puddle, forget it, mate. Just you're yeah. a passenger. Do you know, like, it's just, it wasn't so much an enjoyable experience. Whereas, you know, the Michelins, I mean, I've always run Michelins on my car. So um, I actually have got Falcons on the F80 and they're really good, really grippy. Actually. Which, uh, which model is that? Zenus? Is it a Zenus? Okay. Yeah, I've yeah. not tried those ones. Yeah, they're really good, actually. Um, but yeah, tyres make such a huge difference. So having spent the years... I've and as I'm sure you have as well when we're younger, just like finding the ditch finder tires, <laughs> anything from your Nankangs to your triangles to your this to your that, yeah. going up and actually being able to afford good tires, you appreciate them so much more. The triangle tires I had on my Mark IV Golf, they did not ever wear in the end, they cracked. They're so hard, yeah. They're so they hard. So hard that they just cracked. I was like, but I was like, the tread depth's absolute sound. Look at the state of them. They were like, yeah, just forget it. They are fucked. Like, <laughs> yeah, I think the worst tires I ever had were called Wanleys or something. I don't know if you Love remember it. them, but I can't Love remember it. where they came from or what car they were on. But yeah, I just remember them lasting forever. And the same situation. It's like, oh, these are really good. They, they last for ages. But yeah, yeah, I guess we take it for granted because now it's like, I don't, it's something I would never scrimp on. Like a car has to have good tires. <laughs> otherwise, it's just not the same. It's the only thing that's actually keeping you in contact with the road. So it's as important as anything else. And I don't understand why manufacturers will build a car like a Ferrari or even, so, you know, the new M3, M4 yeah. comes yeah. with readies. Does it? Yeah. Oh, I'm test driving that next on Monday, the 8th. I'm there. That. Yeah. Uh, oh, you there? Okay, yeah. brilliant. So you'll yeah. be there as well. I'm I'm really intrigued to drive it. Is it on Pirelli's? Oh, okay. mm, unfortunately, Michelin. I think we should buy some shares in Michelin because I think they're going to go up because everyone's going to swap the tires. <laughs> I'm really. What What's your opinion on the M3 M4 Imran? I really want to know. Uh, uh, well, in looks wise, she's growing on me. She is growing on me. I'll Maybe be honest with you. I'll, I'll be completely honest. I don't love it and I don't hate it I'm really undecided yeah. and the thing is every previous generation of M3 because I've owned every generation of M3 and I still own the E92 as well and the F80 when they came out I looked at them and I was like I want that car yeah I don't yeah, look at this okay. one yeah. and yeah, I want rave it. it it's like yeah. I have to have one because of work and business yeah. but I don't look at it and get super excited about it I almost feel a little bit let down but let's spend yeah, some so more time that, with it have a look at it podcast in itself that yeah that, that 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 very much is so a lot of people have asked my opinion and i said i don't love it i don't hate it but i don't know if you've seen but we've actually redesigned the front end for yeah. it yeah yeah so, Evero. yeah so yeah. i'm interested to actually get that on the car and see what it look i've seen it in 3d renders and everything i've not released a lot of what we've done i've only put up teasers so far Nice. So I'm interested to see what it looks like. I mean, we've ordered the car. It's coming uh, end of March or beginning of April. What so college are you going for with that secret? I can't say. It's, Did you go it's M3 not or M4? individual though because... Did you go M3, M4? M3. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Because I, I think it just looks more butch. But that's the reason I went F80 as well. I don't need the extra doors. I just think it looks better than the um, F82. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, I was always much more because of the way the door sits, the back. rear door sits into yeah. the rear arches, just makes it look fat. That was always the thing that I loved about it. It's like I don't, I don't need four doors. I don't need it at all. But it's just the way the car, the car looks so heavy when you're following it. Yeah, uh, I just was like, I had to have it. But yeah, I think, I think the F80 will be leaving me in a few months. I think oh. it will be. Okay. Yeah, and I, I think I'm going to go backwards. I genuinely okay. think I am. Yeah. Backwards just, in time on M3s or backwards in time for something backwards, else? No, backwards in time in M3s. I think I'm okay. going to get an E92. Yeah. Looking for, looking yeah so for so a, our plenum on James's cars obviously <gasps> got a massive part of that decision. <laughs> I was like, what? what is happening? This is amazing. And because he's got amazing. the manual one as well, I was like, this is so much fun to drive. I yeah. love it. And I just loved it. And 
I just I'm bombing around Ireland in that and I was like hold on a minute like I'm enjoying this so much more and as as you say as you get older you have you have a collection of cars where each one does something different for you do you know yeah and what did you say Yes, I know. Yeah. Oh, he said, "Yeah, kind of." And I was like, "No, what do you no, mean? no." I said, "I know." <laughs> what do you mean? Uh, yeah, so each one does something different for you. And I scratched the the M3 itch with the F80. I scratched it. You know, I was like, "Yeah, I really love it." Um, but now I'm thinking I would love the manual E92 because I just love the way it sounds. I love the way it sounds. It's the last of the V8s. You know, we're going into an era where these engines are just not going to be around so much no. anymore. And I want to own one. I want to own one. Because I love the way the F80 looks, but I just prefer the way the E92 sounds. So yeah. I think I'd love, to, I want to invest in one before these things become a, rare, a rarity. Prices uh, are going up. They are. They're they are. Oh, I'm, sh- sh- yeah. I'm not buying one. Sh- no, none, of, <laughs> none of you buy one. None of you. Um, yeah. So that's kind of that. That's the the rationale behind that um, decision. But I may get something else. I don't know. I'll see what happens. Yeah, but I'll be completely honest with you. The FAE, yes, it makes a better a daily driver. But if 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 the FAE is there and our E92 is there, and you say to me we're going out for a Sunday drive, I'm taking the E92. Yeah, all day, all day. And people don't understand that. They're like, "What? What are you talking about?" I'm like, "It's like now cars have got too powerful. They're too fast for the road. Loss of traction is fun every now and again, but like the E92 is so progressive because it's so." linear and it's power delivery it's very yeah. controllable very playful and the noise it's just the whole experience i think as you get older it's not all about not 60 quarter miles how fast you can go it's how the car makes you feel and yes. i think that car makes you feel a certain way that just puts a smile on your face well i have i have a theory these days it's about what are you you're feeling or you're flexing do you know yes. like it's that isn't mm. it is it i would rather drive something which is maybe not as new but makes me feel great because I'm enjoying this. This And you literally hit the mark with everything on the E92. It's linear. It sounds amazing. You know, it's in, in the manual as well. It's wicked, wicked fun. Mm. Whereas the FA is a bit more of a flexor. Like people are like, oh, yeah, check her out. She's driving a new M3. It's like, oh, the older you get, you give less of a shit. Mm. Yes, right. So yeah, I've, you- I've, kind of got to, I've got to that point and then I'm like, meh, okay, fine. Have my new car thing. It's fine. So I, I just think, we don't know how much time we have left with these sorts of vehicles, with with the taxation and blah blah blah. All the things I know that you don't want to talk about because it's like don't want to accept it. I don't want to accept it. It's happening. It is happening. Yeah, exactly. And um, I'd rather have something fun to drive and something that will become in time. Like God, do you remember when they made cars like that? Which is why the collection is like Evo Six, Nine Thirty Turbo, E Twenty One, potentially yeah. United. Um, you know, it's it's just amazing. Like, just yeah, just really different driving experiences and. Yeah, I, I, that's the way I want to go. Anyway, um, I was going to say something just then. Uh, oh yeah, cars that have been too fast. The RS6, right? Had that terrified. I spent most of the time shitting myself because I was like, oh my god, West Mercia police have got me. I'm done. <laughs> done. I come off the A46 and they, you know, the the M40, which is essentially Oxfordshire's autobahn anyway. And yeah. so I like kicked it off from the A46 and I was like, yeah, okay, it's pretty good. And I was like, and then you look down and you're like, oh my God, I'm going to spend the night in the cells because it's so capable and it's got yeah. so much grip and it's so quiet. You know, mm. that's the other thing. The engine note is really, really quiet in that. And it's, it's so, so easy to slip over to speeds, which are just silly, really, do you know? And then when I say it's effortless, I mean it's effortless. Yeah, that's the what I find in my F90. I mean, even it's thousand horsepower now, but even when it was six hundred yeah, something, it was still it was still crazy. And with the M3, you you go through a couple of gears and you put your foot down and you hear the plenum and you hear the noise and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm going really fast. And you look down, and you're like, sixty miles an hour. This is cool. This is actually like safe. Yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. I'm having the same amount of fun. Yeah, yeah, it, it is, it is. And Dad always said to me, he was like. Gears one to three, Becky, one to three. How quickly you get off the lights is the fun part. You know, like how how responsive it is in those first three gears is where you have all your fun anyway. He was yeah. like, once you're starting to kick up into your four, five, six, he was like, then you're just doing silly speeds and it's dangerous. Hmm. He was like, have your fun off the lights. But that's because my dad's a drag racer. Do you know, like yeah. that's that's him all over, to be honest. Um, so yeah, I just think, as you say, the capability of these cars and how fast they are i just i was driving around in an adaptive cruise the whole time the mm. whole time yeah just it, it, 
if I wanted to blast past someone, it wasn't like, wow, it was just, you know, you're just gone. It's just wafting past. Yeah. So the other thing I wanted to ask you before we kind of wrap this up is what's your biggest sort of pinch yourself moment? Because you've had, I've been watching your career and like, I look at some of the stuff you're doing. I'm like, wow, go Becky, you're doing some amazing stuff. It's like for yourself internally, what like, can you give us a story of when you're someone there and you're like, I can't believe I'm doing this. I'm actually. Uh, maybe. I think one of the ones which I was, when I did, do you remember when I did the donuts outside the BBC building? Yeah. Yeah. That was a big one. Cause yeah. I was, you know, I had this whole crew building me a essentially just at this whole flooring to cover up the front you know you see the front of the bbc building all the time yeah, on it's the iconic moon. yeah yeah and i was there and I, there were all these people making this this flooring so that i could drive in in my silly car and do a bloody donut live on the one show and i was like what is happening what is happening do you know this was 2018 i only started my channel about 18 months earlier maybe less a year or so it all happened so quick mm. you know like it was like a hockey stick growth curve. You, yeah. you just transported from being like a girl that could barely afford to pay her rent in London to then doing donuts outside the BBC. I was like, what? What? You know? And then, um, because I get really bad imposter syndrome, especially when you do presenting. You know, yeah. I, I was working with Dermot O'Leary at Goodwood Speed Week, and you're just, you, you're just, he's like chatting to you and he's like, hey, Beck, how you doing? Oh, great job. You were really good at it. And you're like, hi. Do you know, yeah. like, it's just, it's just a, a weird sensation. But, you know, I, I, I'm i very much a believer. Like, this is my life ethos before we go off on too much of a tangent, because I will. Trust me, I'm so, I'm very much that it's way. It's fine. It's fine. It's, this, this podcast is here to to explore people's journeys, inspire other people who might want to go on the same one and, and be inspired by you. So go for it. I, I, I don't, I used to look at life in a sense that it was about what car I had what you know what gucci you know just what stuff yeah material stuff. Yeah. it was all about stuff mm. and then i started to experience these mad things like just real big experiences like when i was in brazil doing the red bull soapbox and i was one of the presenters and i was working with aj adodu who's now she does the voice she's like mm. a big presenter and i'm there working with her and i'm just like and it's it's just so crazy and we're knocking back shots in 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 brazil and and it was I just thought to myself, I was like, yeah, this is this is the life that I want. Something different every, every other week. This is the way I'm mm. meeting interesting people. I love doing the interview. I love talking to different people and just being able to tell their story. It's it's more about flourishing as opposed to acquiring. Yes. You know, spend, learn as much as you can, experience as much as you can, and just ne never take any of it for granted. I mean, I think mm. we've all learned that in the last yeah. year and a bit, not to take all of it. I, I averaged 75 flights in, twen in 2019, 75 flights, I think it was, over the year. And I, going to nothing, I was like, oh, my God, I used to jump on planes like there were buses. And yeah. now I'm stuck at home. And I'm like, how did I, how did I not appreciate this more? Yeah. So I just think, yeah, just enjoy every second and grab every opportunity, even yeah. if it seems so ridiculous that you're like, I can't do that. Yeah, You've just got do it. To. You've got to, because then at least, at least you can go back – I thought to myself, right, if I pile my S15 into the glass of the BBC building, all right, you know, I fuck it straight through the barriers, at least I'll always be like, do you remember You'll that You'll be girl? remembered. <laughs> oh, no, stop. Live on the one. Oh, God, I, I don't even thought it was going to be sick. But then, the, you know, the feeling of euphoria that you get afterwards is always so much better than the, the feeling of nervousness that you get beforehand, 100%. Yeah, and we, we always say that now as well. And I... I some people might be listening to this and think it's contradictory because we've just talked about what cars we have, right? Yeah, so, I know. Yeah, there's like, right, shut I, up. I see. Facebook. I see the cars as uh, they're part, they're my business. That's what I make yeah. money out of. And essentially, you're into cars, but you do drifting, so you you're using them for your content as well. Yeah. But it's experiences over things. Yes, it, it's oh, going okay. like some of the experiences we've had when we're traveling for work. So we, like you, we travel a lot. So I go and visit my distributors abroad. We go to Japan and we do crazy things. It's yeah, like you you're busy yeah i'm busy so we go to uh japan and one of my distributors says to me um what do you want to do tonight like you know we'll take you out for dinner what what is it that you want to do and i know that one of the employees is very into the street racing scene yeah, i remember and i say to them i want to go street yeah. racing yeah and they're like you what and i'm like i want to go street racing and they're like are you sure and we're like 
I'm positive I want to go street racing, right? So, so they clear it with their boss and the boss go, comes and says, okay, that's fine. You can take him. So it was me and Bilal, business partner. You can take yeah. them, but they're your responsibility. If anything happens to them, I'm going to blame you. He was oh, yeah. saying to his employees. And they, yeah. there was no street race. They arranged one. Love it. So they arranged a street race on uh, on the Tokyo Highway that you play in the games like Gran Turismo. And they put us in the car with the person who's got the record around that loop. Oh, my God. It was amazing. I I only had my phone. Or I think I had a GoPro with me. I didn't have Matt with me who normally does the filming. So I actually filmed it and it's filmed on a potato. But I didn't care. It was awesome. It's like... And the video has got like hundred and something thousand views because it's like people are like, wow, I can't believe that this stuff is actually still going on. Yeah. And yeah, for me, that was like, you can't buy that. You, no. what, what can you buy that is going to stick in your head? Yeah. It's such an experience like that. It was amazing. No, absolutely. 110%. And as you say, like my dad is still telling me stories about what he did in his thing of to this day. And he's 72. Wow. And these are the stories that I'll carry. Same as when I when I when I have my kids. Imagine when they're like eighteen. They're like, "Mom, what were you do? What were you doing when you were twenty five? And I was like, "Girl, I was busting around in an E twenty one, you know, doing this, doing that." Like, it's just the stories, aren't they? It yeah. Just makes it's the tapestry of life. Yeah, I'm getting very profound here. It no, is the rich tapestry of life, and I just think, and do you know what? Going out with someone like James as well. Like, you meet James, and he does not give a shit. I'm telling you, he yeah. is just like. Things don't interest me, Becky. My friends, my family, yeah. my drifting. That's what I love. That's what I do. Yeah. He's like, he's just so much that way. And he's really changed the way that I think. I was the London girl. And, you know, a bit in in, in rural Ireland, I'm like the yuppie London girl. Yeah, you know sure. what I mean? They're like, oh, look at her with her earrings and her boots. Like, <laughs> um, and they're just very much like, they love the crack. They love mm-hmm. a night out. They just love doing things. And we're up in the mountain, covered in mud, trying to drag this chimney out. And he's like, are you loving it yet? <laughs> you know, and, I, and I've fallen in love with that that way of thinking and, and yeah. I do think as the car thing goes on, because obviously I have to be in that slightly ostentatious world because of the cars. The same thing with you with the Lamborghini. Like I, you know, we all see it. I'm not life. a Lambo guy. I'm not, I'm not a Lambo guy. Honestly, I was yeah. driving that car. But and honestly, it was a goal. I want like me and Blau saw like yeah. a Birdie Mantis Hurricane like four years ago when we were in Chicago and we looked at it and we're like, we want we want that car. But honestly, yeah. when you drive it, I'm not not to sound ungrateful i'm glad i've ticked it off it was one of those mm. box checking exercises yeah it is for someone it's a flex car i'll be completely I was, honest i was gonna make 100% a really, it's a flex car i was gonna make a really mean joke earlier i was like oh yeah how's your audi, audi r8 all right <laughs> no i think golf r is more apt to be fair but yeah, it's, yeah. you know that because being a being a bmw guy and having rear wheel drive mm-hmm. getting into it just feels too safe if that makes sense is you can't like flick it out and you can't like go around yeah. the corner slightly sideways. And yeah, it's, uh, it's, I'm, I'm happy I've had it. And the from a design yeah. perspective, it's amazing. It looks amazing. Sounds amazing. Drive yeah. like a golf R essentially, but I, I'm not going to, I'm not complaining. But you know what it is? Like, how do you make something? And this is always my question. It's like, they want us to obey speed limits and they want us to, but they still make cars, which are 600 brake horsepower. And you put somebody some dummy who's bought not you but some dummy who's bought a Lamborghini Huracan off the shelf and you're like how on earth are you supposed to drive that do you know what I mean as you said you've had a few moments in it and you're an experienced driver yeah and you're going to put somebody who's never probably even some 18 year old who's never driven a car in his life but he's like want one of them because they yeah. look cool you know yeah. and you put them in one of those and they have to make them safe yeah they have to you know like I think they should give them driving lessons. It's like if you buy, I think if it's if you buy an 812 super fast, you pretty much have to have driving lessons to have one because they are mental. Yeah. Mental. But let's be but honest, I mean, I mean, even the Hurricane, I'm used to powerful cars. It's fast. It is, it's, you know, you forget. You you forget it's 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 600 and something horsepower and it revs really quickly. So it can kind of catch you, catch you unawares. But yeah, I think there has to be safe just for the type of people that are buying it. I think people just cruise around in them. I don't think they actually Yeah, totally. I, I always found I always found, you know where it is, where people get themselves into trouble, right? You you're in first, you bang it, and then you bang it up into second, and you bang it into third. And it's that gear that that gear change is like a clutch kick. Mm. Do you know? And it breaks the traction. And at that point, you're doing your wheel speed is so high 
and that's where it all goes wrong. Do you know what I mean? Every video where if you see it with all, you just see him like, like wow, wow, bang. Do you know bang, what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it's, it's there because they've got so much wheel speed because it is so, you know, high revving that it is so easy to get yourself into trouble. Yeah. So easy. You know, I'm going to say trouble. I don't mean in trouble with the police. I mean, like in trouble with a curb. Yeah, in trouble. <laughs> like your man, like your man in that video. Do you know, do you, do you know the one where they're in London and they're on the car park? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, like, and your man just gives it a quick blast and then he's like left. It turns left straight into a parked car. And you're yeah. like, yeah, of course it is because you're spinning your wheels. And so, <laughs> see ya. <laughs> Bye. Yeah. Cool. Becky, it's been amazing having you on. I think you're a great role model for anyone who wants to get into content creation, especially, I know it's cliche, but the females out there, because you're showing that it's possible what you can achieve. I think what I'd love to do is get you back on when COVID's over and we can actually do it. I want to build a little studio at work and then do it do it in person i think that'd be absolutely great but thank you very very much for you are most welcome thank you for having me okay cheers becky cheers